Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Wingman sidekick Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Dorian, Ryan, Ryan. Number 58. <laughs> world famous. Known you love world that. Round. I do love that. I love that. You love hearing your name echoing in the... No, uh, I no don't. you don't? No. Okay. I'm I having just, like flashbacks. I, w- I would like to hear my name like that on the loudspeaker <laughs> on a football field. Go out and tackle by number 58. That's kind, Tommy, of, a, Tommy, Tommy, that's kind of an old Ryan, style, Ryan. though, when you get that echoey thing, don't you think? Yeah, but we all, in our minds... Nostalgia and old style, that's where it, Fun it rocks. Stuff. Yeah, exactly right. Well, look, we got a cool show today. Uh, it's They're all it's, cool it, shows. Yeah, they are. Jeff, come on. But I love getting emails. And by the way, yes. if you want to send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. But I uh, got an email, and I just want to read it on the air and then talk about it a little bit because it's something I think a lot of folks don't realize is going on. Okay. And I think we need to be more aware of. Not particularly this person's situation, but to realize that there are a lot of people like this person. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is from a girl named Amy. Uh, it says, Deacon Jeff, would you please pray for me? I told my parents about converting a week or two ago, which was really stressful. And ended up with my parents agreeing that I wouldn't be converting. That's an interesting line there. That is. Okay. I tried to, quote, quit Catholicism, end quote. But that only lasted about a week before I came running back to Mass. That's Since, a great quote. I know. I love that. Since then, I haven't spoken to my parents about it at all. So when my dad visits, I'll be reiterating anew that this is the path I'm on. I don't really know how he'll react, and I'm very scared. Please pray that his visit will go well and that this won't ruin it for him. Well, first of all, Amy, uh, can, you know, our prayers, the, the Catholic Cafe, in fact, the entire uh, listening audience right now, we're just going to look, we'll just take a little, little pause we should You're say right. a prayer for 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 Amy and her Amen. situation and all the all the other Amys out there uh, who are experiencing this uh, uh, I don't know just this consternation this worry Amen. this anxiety so uh, just a little pause here let's we'll say a little little prayer all right Amy I hope you heard that loud and clear even if you don't hear this show those prayers are gonna are gonna bring graces to you. However God sees that, however God's will is, that's those are the graces that you receive. You know what we need to do, too, is pray for her parents. Absolutely. Because um, that's hard on them, too. It is. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Great. I want to talk about this particular email because, essentially, I, this girl is, I guess, going through RCIA somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know her faith background, her faith tradition, but it sounds like her parents are very important to her. So I'm imagining that she's uh, a Baptist girl, a Presbyterian girl. Uh, Church of Christ, uh, probably a uh, a group that is very uh, the fundamentalists tend to be very focused on on the the family and the in the that li- you listen to your parents, the authority in the family, which is a beautiful gift. I'm not saying that's bad at all. No. Uh, so, but and I don't mean that Methodists and uh, Episcopalians don't love their parents. I, I do mean no, that. I, I understand. She's she knows. I, I guarantee this girl knows the uh, the, the commandments. Yep. And knows that God said, honor your father and your mother. Indeed. And she's, she's worried about her father and mother. Yep, she is. And she's, she's, she's torn about what to do. And, 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 you know, where do I go? 
Yeah. Right. And so now I think it's That's good. Hard. The prayers are good. So first of all, we, we, we pray for people like this. We pray for Amy. We, we pray for anyone who's going through this thing where they feel pulled in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I go the way that my heart, that I think that God is leading me or do I listen to God and honor my parents? Right. Right. Cause when she says, um, you know, it was a stressful conversation or whatever. And then it ended with my parents agreeing that I wouldn't be converting, you know, and the way she says that makes it sound like she didn't really, well, she might've said, okay, she gave in. Well, she might, but she may have given in that moment because obviously she didn't give in with her heart because right. a week later she's running back. Yeah. Right. She's, she's just, she's had that, that taste. She's had that draw that. What a predicament, man. That is I know so it's, hard on and, everybody. And I really feel bad about those kind of situations because, uh, we and we don't always. We just assume that people come to RCIA classes mm-hmm. and they're all sitting there and everybody's happy go lucky. Oh yeah, and it's like, hey, if I just tell you this information, you're all going to be convinced. You're going to become Catholic, yeah. and you're going to go out there and be good Catholics. You're going to everything's going to change. Uh, yeah, you, and they're your skipping church. home and they're telling their family. That's their right. Everybody's happy and they're going to be supportive. One of the things I do when I teach RCIAs, it, it, I start at the beginning and I remind people along the way. But at the beginning, I always have that sort of like. I don't know, we'll say it to come to Jesus talk, but really it's just so you know, um, you're supported by people that love you, that are encouraging you, and that want you to follow God's will, whatever that may be, whether it's to become Catholic or not to become Catholic. Whatever sure. you think and, and discern God's will in your life is, we're here to support you in that. So it's a support mechanism, right? But I'd say once you step outside these doors... When you go back, let's say you do become Catholic. When you go back into your family, when you're when you're there at Thanksgiving dinner, when you're there at Christmas dinner, when you're having the New Year's Eve party, when you're deciding what you're going to do on Easter, you know, and you've come together and mom made those potatoes you love and you cook this and whatever, and everybody comes together and you think everything's going to be great. Then there's going to be those like sort of like little stabbing feelings you feel in your, in your back, you know, with those little comments that come like, so how's it going with the statue worshipers, you know? <laughs> You know, and you say, well, we're not doing well with money. Well, maybe Mary can help you, you know, and you start to hear these things. Uh, and Shame it's, on you. It's not, well, but, you know, I, I want to get the point across that as much as. It's not easy. And and I think, I, I really think that families do it out of love. Right. Right. Parents do it out of love because they, they, they really genuinely either misunderstand or they yeah. don't like Catholicism for whatever reason. Maybe they don't fully understand it. And I, I encourage them to learn more when I talk to, to them. I always sound like, well, you know, you need to just maybe. You need to know more because I think maybe you've got some misconceptions. But all that aside, they're doing it out of love. It's because they want their child in heaven. Sure. Right? And they're thinking this is the wrong path. Yeah. So whatever way that works. And, you know, they know they've only got a limited window when you're at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. Let's go around the table and talk about something we're thankful for. Well, I'm thankful I don't, you know, have to confess my sins to a priest. You know, (laughs) it's like that was your moment. That was your time to say something. And so so these new converts hear these things. Right. And just they need to know that they're not always going to be in the most supportive or Catholic supportive environments, right? Mm-hmm. And so we as Catholics need to recognize that and understand that some of these people are going through a great deal of pain and stress. Sure, right? They're it, it's it, they're they're uh, they want to they love their parents. Oh yeah, and their parents love them, and and for some of these people, it's actually hurting their it's like killing their parents Mm -hmm. because they don't understand and of course their parents don't want to come and you know investigate and they just want to they just because based on what they know they know that's the wrong path etc 
And so, you know, my heart goes out to uh, this Amy um, and all the Amy's out there. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I guess I want to say there's some other things we can do. Right. So the question is, like, here we have this sort of painful situation uh, that we're discussing here on the show. But um, and, you know, we might tell a joke or two here and there, but really, this is very serious. But the, the reality is, what are Deacon Jeff, what are you telling me I should do? Right. Please. Our listeners, what, what, what should we do? There's a, there's a couple things we can do. One of those is, uh, I mean, obviously, we need to pray. We do. When we, we, what is this, this, I love that this girl, when she wrote the, the, the thing she starts out, would you please pray for me? Mm-hmm. A nice opening line. Because not that my prayers are particularly efficacious, but the reality is I think that once we say it out here on the air mm-hmm. and potentially millions of people here, I think the prayers of millions of people might be efficacious. You think? I think so. And yeah. we just prayed, right? We uh, did. And, and so prayer is good and it's powerful. And it also, even if, if we don't get what we think we prayed for, I, I really do think that it changes attitudes. It, it changes a lot of things. And it actually helps us to realize that we are not God. Right. Right, that there is a God. And that our prayer is like really turning things over to him. And I think that's a beautiful gift. And so the idea that we'd pray not only for specifically for someone like Amy, but really for all the Amy's out there, for anyone who's converting. Mm-hmm. And this is the time of year when RCIA is kind of kicking in and things are happening and people are hearing all this stuff and they're starting to go, wait a second, this is starting to have some weighty importance in my life. And I'm starting to be drawn to this more and more. And then that means that where someone in the family might have sort of tolerated a little bit of... Uh, you know, curiosity yeah uh, it's okay if you want to go over there and check these things out and think it's like a passing phase right. that they're going through oh she's don't worry about amy she's just having a, a a moment or whatever and she's just going through a phase she'll be back it's not just curiosity anymore right so after six seven eight nine weeks it's like they keep going yeah, and they keep coming back and they've got like all these bible quotes written down and they got these other books and they've got all this stuff and they they keep looking Church this history. stuff up, right exactly and they start, so then the families get a little more tense, like, wait a second, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to just, we're going to tolerate this a little bit longer. But then pretty much by the end of the, uh, right, right before Easter, the heavy guns come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to get Pastor so-and-so down there. We're going to have to have a meeting. We're going to figure this one out. We can't, we can't lose another one of those Catholics. An intervention. Yeah. And, and again, I, I don't want to make light of this. And, I, and, and people do this out of love. Uh, but we need to pray for those converting because they're going through this. Right, we we Tom, you made a decision a long time ago. You were born into a Catholic family, right? I was oh, born yeah. into a Catholic family, and and again, even though we're born into Catholic families, we've got to make a sort of a decision to we've got to decide exactly when 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 Jesus looks at the Take apostles ownership. and he says, "But who do you say that I am?" They had to make a decision or a choice right, right there, and we we all get that question from Jesus: "Who do you say that I am?" And so, even as Catholics, we have to decide that that for that moment, but. Right. For the people that make those decisions and don't have that support system. I mean, we were Catholic already. The family is it's, it's really hard on them. So one of the things we can do is, is certainly is is pray for them. Mm-hmm. Pray uh, for the experience. Pray that God will and pray that their hearts are open and, and that their hearts are malleable. Right. And that they're not hardened. But then also that their parents. You, you said rightly we should pray for Amy's parents because sometimes out of love, we can be the biggest stumbling block. For God's movement in our child's life. That's exactly right. Because we may not understand fully what's going on. 
And again, I can tell you wonderful stories about kids that came in and their parents came in the next year. Yeah. I got one of those in my RCIA right now. Her well, daughter came right. in we last year. Her. That's, that's right. right. And then this year, it's like Mama says, "I want, I want some of that Catholic stuff." That's neat. You, my daughter is so happy, and she feels so good about what she's done. So that so it's good one of the feel good stories, though. A lot it of them is. are hard. There's some tough stories, but lots or of even good spouses stuff. that are, you know aren't. They can be tough. Coming in. I know, but then also there's the beautiful graces that come as well. That's anyway, true. we have more to talk about what we can do about folks like Amy. Uh, but before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Just like Amy emailed me, I want you to email me, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Love to hear from you. And so right after this little talk from my wife about iconoclasts, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. The heresy of iconoclasm came to the forefront in the early 8th century and lasted well into the 9th century. The iconoclast, whose name means image breakers, rejected the use of images of God or humans, but especially those of Christ, Mary, the saints, and holy events. These images have become commonplace in churches and homes throughout the Universal Church over the centuries, with paintings, drawings, sculptures, and other images dating to the earliest days of the Christian Church. The iconoclast felt that to venerate these images was tantamount to idolatry, and their influence was causing a rift within the Church. A council was called in the late 8th century, which addressed the issues of icons and sacred images in particular, but in a more general sense, the very nature of the worship of God. The Second Council of Nicaea in 787 AD was the seventh ecumenical council of the Church and spoke with the full weight of the magisterium, the teaching authority of the Roman Catholic Church. There was much discussion and prayer by the bishops attending the universal gathering. They took into account not only the promptings of the Holy Spirit, but also the works of many great Catholic theologians of the day. The writings of St. John of Damascus are said to have had a profound influence on the Council Fathers. About the subject of sacred art, he said, If a pagan asks you to show him your faith, take him into a church and place him before the icons. The Second Council of Nicaea dogmatically decreed that the Church's inspired tradition of the veneration of sacred images be upheld. The Council proclaimed, We define that the holy icons, whether in color, mosaic, or some other material, should be exhibited in the holy churches of God, on the sacred vessels and liturgical vestments, on the walls, furnishings, and in the houses along the roads, namely the icons of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, that of Our Lady Theotokos, those of the venerated angels, and those of all the saintly people. Whenever these representations are contemplated, they will cause those who look at them to commemorate and love their prototype. Still today, the Catholic Church continues the centuries-old tradition of the use and benefit of sacred images of all kinds. The dogmatic decrees of the Second Council of Nicaea and many subsequent ecumenical councils to follow on the proper veneration of these images served as a spiritual anchor of inspiration to sacred tradition and the divine revelation of God. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am still Deacon Jeff. Yes, you are. Uh, and you're still Tom Dorian, and we're yes, so happy to have you here. And we have Amy's e- email in front of us. We do. And again, I'll just reread it. Uh, Deacon Jeff, would you please pray for me? I told my parents about converting a week or two ago, which was really stressful and ended with my parents agreeing that I wouldn't be converting. I tried to quit Catholicism, but that only lasted about a week before I came running back to Mass. Since then, I haven't spoken to my parents at all about it at all. So when my dad visits, I'll be reiterating anew that this is the path I'm on. I don't really know how he'll react, and I'm very scared. Please pray that his visit will go well and that this won't ruin it for him. See, she's so concerned about him. Well, that's nice. I, it's, it, but it's beautiful. She loves him. Well, it's beautiful. It is. And she cares. She doesn't want to ruin him Mm-mm. or be the reason for his ruin or, ruin or, relationship. or depression or whatever. No kid wants to, And this girl respects. And, of course, at the end of that very stressful conversation, when they all agreed where she may have given in that, like, okay, I won't convert I think her heart was still there, yeah, and it, it pains her. And so now she's going to say, I'm going to have to reiterate anew mm-hmm. that this is the path. And notice she didn't say that this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is the path I'm on. She, she realizes that it is a journey. That's true. And, and I, I just think, I think she's so mature in the way she understands this. Uh, and so then we're talking about what can we do? Well, obviously we can, we can pray mm-hmm. uh, for her, for her parents, and for all the people like her. You know, the guys and the girls who are thinking about being Catholic and it's a tough decision. For some people, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Some people come out of like a no-faith background. Some come out of some faith traditions that aren't quite as, I don't know, picky and choosy and don't really mind. Some come out of some very fundamentalist and like if you, it's our way or the highway. If you you don't. That's difficult. Yeah. And that makes it a little more difficult because you're leaving a very tight fold. Right. uh, And you're actually. Essentially, people feel judged when you when you say, I don't want to be the same faith you are. Sure. It's a natural feeling. And I totally understand that. If my kids were to say to me, I don't want to be Catholic. Well, you can't help but feel like, well, but I am. And if you don't like it, you must think that I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know? Right. There's a, there's a selfish part of us that, that kind of feels that way. Oh, yeah. But I really think what's going on here is there's just a lot of love going around. I agree. And love can be painful. Very. Right, so we pray for those who are converting or, or experiencing this thing in their in their lives. But I, I think another thing that we can do is I think we can get involved in RCIA. And I know that sounds weird, but you you come to our RCIA. I do, uh, and and I, I think it's neat that you're involved. Now you we talked about this before. You're bringing your son, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's experiencing all that stuff anew. Even though yes. supposedly everybody we're all Catholic, right? We know. What we're doing, but a lot of times, just those refreshers and those moments. But I, 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 we also get opportunities to meet people who are on a journey. Yeah, who are on, on the path. The, yeah, they're on that path, and so you then become sort of solace to those people. You think so? I think so. I think when they look around and see Hope other so. people, and uh, and every once in a while, I, I had the opportunity to a, uh, a young girl from China came up to me last night, and she speaks very broken English, but she wants to be Catholic. Wow. Yeah, and so uh so I'm letting her sort of sit near some uh, a guy in his family who have like they're Catholic. Okay. They they want to come to RCI because they love RCIA and they just love hearing more about their faith, etc. But they all also offered and said, "Hey, we want to we want to help people if we can." And this girl had actually asked, "You know, is there a host family or somebody who can not to live with, but to kind of walk with, to be sure. with, you know, that I, I, we can eat dinner together and they can tell me things. And I'm thinking, wow, it's an insightful 
kind of thing. And here's this girl from China. She's and, and it was really heartbreaking because she said these words to me. She said, I, I want to have faith. Mm. You know, you think about that. You come from a country where faith is not an option right. in public. Right. right. The government says no. Uh, and so she she wants to have faith. And uh, so this this family is going to help her. They're going to have her to dinner That's and just give her an all parties. not to convert her, but to just be there for her. Sure. So your presence and the presence of people in RCI who are not converting, who are not discerning, who are actually just there to be loving support for those who are, mm-hmm. that presence, that ministry of presence is powerful. Yeah. And that's something I think, Tom, that you're doing that's really good. And I think if people are looking for things to do, you may not there, – there's probably an Amy at your local parish who comes there on Monday nights or Tuesday nights or Thursday, whatever the night that you've got RCIA because every parish has got one. And, you know – they would appreciate your presence. Yeah, they're hurting. Yeah, and so just to know more about their story. That makes sense now that you say that. Yeah, so it's a it's a good thing that you're doing that. But I, I guess another thing that I would want to say that we all need to recognize, and maybe the biggest lesson I think in all this is really that this is about conversion, not just of Amy. This is the conversion of every human being that we have to make towards Jesus Christ. And when I say that, you know, you say, well, but I'm already Catholic. I go to Mass every Sunday, uh, you know, and it's like, well, that's wonderful. But John Paul II, Pope St. John Paul II said that we need to be in an ongoing, continuing state of conversion. Amen. We are never there. Mm-mm. Right. And if we think we are there, St. Right? Paul warned us against that. And then also Jesus said, many will cry, Lord, Lord. Yeah. And I'll say, I never knew you. Right. right. We don't want to be that person who says, oh, I'm in. I'm in the club. I'm there. Everything's good. It's like, no, it's not ongoing conversion. And so the thing is, what does conversion look like? Mm-hmm. You know, in Amy's case, conversion is painful. It is painful. It's hard. And I stop and think, you know, you are, uh, we've been talking about your, your illustrious sports career. Uh, what is the big sports saying about pain that you that you probably said to yourself? Oh, yeah, no pain, no gain. Right, and you think, well, that's kind of a mean and sensitive kind of thing that's to say. true to degree. But if you stop and think about it, pain can indicate great gain. And it yeah. and it, sometimes it hurts to accomplish or to, to, to rise to the level that is necessary to overcome the obstacle. That's Whatever right. it is, so if it's in sports, if it's a, it's in the military, if it's your your own uh, sin obstacles that we put in front of ourselves, you know, it's like it's hard. It's not easy, Mm-mm. and it makes me think that if there is no pain in your life, if you're looking at your life and going, "Hey, everything's really good, it's wonderful. I don't have any debts. I don't, you know, whatever. I go to, like I said, I go to mass, and this is all good. Everything's pretty much good. Everybody's yeah, happy." Want to stop and look around and question and, and wonder am i really in a state of conversion that's am right. i growing closer to christ right i mean and that's a hard question You've gotten too comfortable exactly because that comfort uh, you know again i've said on this program before and just that lucifer's name satan's name lucifer means a light bearer yeah bringer of light yep and so we find out that satan comes to us as light i think satan comes to us as comfort yeah. I think Satan comes to us as a 60-inch big screen TV with a really nice leather <laughs> couch. And I'm not yeah. saying you shouldn't have a TV and a leather couch. I'm just saying that when we start to realize that everything is great. Think it has a cup holder? Yeah. What was that Lego movie? That everything is awesome. You know? <laughs> That's right. I mean, if you if you fall into the trap of thinking everything is wonderful. You're I mean, I guess that was the message of that movie, Lego movie. Yeah. You know, everything wasn't awesome. We sing it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it wasn't. It's really like we're living in this kind of dream world. Yeah. And if there's no pain in your life, 
there might be no gain. And that's a hard thing to hear. It is very difficult to hear. You know, then you start thinking about that Catholic teaching of redemptive suffering. Mm-hmm. And the idea of redemp- what, the, the fact that redemption c- can come and usually does through some kind of friction. Right. Annoyance. Pain. Bad things. Right? And they, they, they feel bad, but at the other end of the badness is the what? The, the, the glory. The good. And I think about the greatest example ever in the history of, of our humanity, the history of the world. Of Jesus Christ. Exactly. His, his, his crucifixion. S- well, the, and before that. All right, of it, the passion. First of all, to be, to, be, uh, to, to be told, you know, you're an idiot. Right. You know, who do you think you are? And, and to be spat upon. Yeah. To be beaten. Right to be hit with all kinds of branches and whatnot, and, and then of course scourged, mm. uh, and then to be stripped naked, then to be hung on the cross, you know, mm-hmm. nailed to the cross, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that, to die. Yeah, you know, and you and you, and you think, what did you accomplish with this? Mm-hmm. Okay, nothing but eternal salvation, opening the gates of heaven for all of us. And you think, well, okay, so if Jesus came as this. Um, you know, he took on flesh. God took on flesh. Really, one of the reasons, I guess, would be to, to, to give us an example of how much we're loved, that he would give us total, all his total self, but then also how we should live mm-hmm. and how we should have lives of holiness. And you think, you mean I have to get on a cross? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to suffer that? And it's a powerful message. It's a challenging message. But it again, is. no challenge. No gain, no That's glory, right. right? No guts, no glory. No, all these these phrases come from someplace deep in in truth, and it's not always easy. But we we should, we should look at our lives and think. Be aware. Yeah, to be aware, to to look around, and say, well, what what is what is my pain right Don't now? Don't just get all comfy and and completely settle in. Just be aware. Exactly. And challenge yourself. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, Amy, if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. Uh, for the email and and reaching out and uh, may God's grace reign upon you. May you know uh, his goodness and his mercy and his love, but also know that in this pain, there will be great gain if we, if we unite that with Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. So let's end in prayer. Let's, let's ask Jesus's mother who saw a lot of pain, right? Let's ask her to watch over Amy and all those. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe 
serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.